You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. All right. Oh, Jimmy and I... It's we are either the right guys, the guys you want here after a loss, or the guys you absolutely don't want here after a loss. Uh, Jimmy and I were here last time. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think it's I think it's they don't want. <laughs> they, don't they don't want. want. I don't know what you guys want. I don't know what I want. I don't know what I'm watching anymore. I know what I don't want. I don't want to see what I just saw. I don't want this anymore. I'd rather watch Jacoby Myers throw the ball backwards, frigging, you know, (laughs) on a loop over and over again than watch the Celtics since, uh, you know, the last uh, six games or so. Uh, It's the Garden Report. Uh, It's John Zanis. It's Jimmy Toscano. We have everybody down there uh, at the Garden for the Aaron Neesmith revenge game. Josue Pavone is there. Sherrod Blakely, Bobby Manning. Those guys are going to be popping in and out. Yeah, they'll be popping in and out as the show goes on, uh, and we're going to kind of dissect what we're seeing here. And then, you know, we now I feel like we're back in that kind of 2021 Groundhog Day, not only because the I'll yeah. say this, I, I, and I have to go back and think about it. This stretch since Golden State might be a worse stretch than any during 2021 just a six game stretch because what we were frustrated about then was one on one off oh they look good one day and then they look bad for another and then they look mediocre but they're able to beat a crap opponent in the in a third but there was no momentum you couldn't get an identity for this team this current what's going on right now this team has an identity at least recently lately and it's horrible it's it's worst team in basketball bad um it's Bad in almost every way you don't want it to be bad. It's discombobulated, disconnect. If I'm going to de- describe this in one word, Jimmy, I'm going to say disconnected. I like that. I think they look very disconnected on on both sides. I mean, on offense, it feels like <laughs> everybody is just hoping and praying that the shots just start to fall again. Right. We all we we knew that they weren't going to keep shooting at ninety percent or whatever the hell that number was that they were shooting at. But man, did they have to go to ten percent? Like, could, could, could they found equilibrium, equilibrium a little bit less um, aggressively or radically than they have? I don't know. But what I saw, t- listen, and what I saw tonight from Tatum in the second half was, was good. It was a good start. But I'm looking to see somebody take control sooner, sooner on in the game. I'm looking to see somebody say, this one's on me tonight. I, I, don't, I feel like when I'm watching this team – Everyone's looking around at the other guy, wondering if they're going to be the ones to sort of save them, whether that's Brown, Tatum, Rob, you know, Brogdon. Nobody is safe right now from criticism. Um, 
And then defensively, I don't know what the hell's going on. I mean, our team's really shooting lights out like this, like because they're doing something wrong, or is it just like I mean, I thought the Pacers hit some wild shots tonight. Yeah, this one was both. I think you had a hot shooting team that also you made it easy I for mean, them. I mean, Duarte, like, this guy Duarte yeah. came out of came from the clouds and just started hitting every three known to man. Uh he single-handedly, single-handedly I think prevented the Celtics from completing this comeback um, with some of those three-pointers he was hitting down the end of that third quarter there. Yeah, I mean, it was both. I think Jeremy, yeah, I think obviously. It, but. No, but I think it's both. I think you had a team that um, that uh, shot re- obviously really well. You know, They're not- it's, a te- it's a team that shoots 36% as a team. They shot 40-something, you know, well into the 40s. You know, this is like a Celtics yeah. performance when they, you know, what, what they were doing to other teams. Um, you know, exactly. It's not the- That's what it looked like. It honestly yeah. felt – I was watching the game and I was like, this is how the Celtics used to shoot and beat up teams. And you would just laugh because it was just like – how can they be this good? That's kind of how it felt like watching it tonight. The Pacers took on that role. But the Celtics aren't playing – you said disconnected, which is the perfect word. They're not playing team basketball. Nothing about them is working yeah. the ball around. Nothing about them is, you know, sort of piggybacking off what somebody did. There's no offense leading – There's, you know what it is also is there's no offense generated from defense right now either because the defense has been so None. off. And but the, so I, let's give working. credit. The Pacers, the Pacers are a fun team. The, the Pacers are, you know, they, they, they were, I think they're the second highest scoring team in the East after the Celtics. So it's not like it's, this isn't a sputtering lineup. This mm-hmm. isn't Orlando who, d- despite the fact that they had been playing better, you know, uh, coming into the Celtics game, it's, it's different. Th- this is a decent team. So it wasn't just like, holy crap, they'll never shoot like that again. It's a good offensive team. But the Celtics just made it easy on a lot of stuff. Like how many backdoors, how many blowbys, uh, you know, how many how many easy buckets in addition to the open threes and the and, and whatever they were going on there. It's just they gave up a ton. Oh, are you throwing up a super chat? Bad habits, low effort. Look, Before we lose it. Yeah. That's exactly it. No, you're right. And I'm sorry, I haven't been in the comments yet, guys, and we will check them out. Um, so we do appreciate the super chat. Anybody who wants to throw it out there, uh, we really do uh, appreciate the. Uh, I mean, he's correct. Bad habits, low contributions effort. Contributions I mean. go to the host, but we'll go to the host here. But yes, that's exactly what happened. Uh, low effort, looked like they didn't care, sleepwalking the entire half, standing around, getting beat to loose balls, watching guys backdoor them, watching guys get rebounds, watching guys get open shots, watching guys not close out. Um, yep. You know, not at all. I mean, there was one stretch late. Now, we'll get on Jalen in a little bit. Um, and I'm going to get on him in a little bit, a lot of bit, uh, but the, uh, <laughs> I'm ready. I'm just, I'm just going to warn you out there. Prefixed, if, you guys want us yeah. to, if you guys want us to talk about Jalen, uh, it's coming. It's going to happen. <laughs> it's coming. But I mean, holy crap late that, 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 that situation where he misses the layup late in the game. Oh my uh, God. How? And then he goes around and then. Him and Rob get caught in a pick and roll kind of switch scenario. Uh, Rob follows his guy, and Jalen looks at Turner, and he just points to nowhere. Like there goes Miles Turner. <laughs> no, go get him, man! What are you doing? He just kind of pointed to him, and then he, Turner just walks in for an uncontested dunk. Somebody should cover him. It. Yeah, he was like, "See him? See that guy? <laughs> go get that guy!" Oh my goodness gracious! We've We're all bringing Sherrod. We miss Sherrod. <laughs> we haven't seen you in a little bit, Sherrod. Welcome back. Hey, Sherrod. Um, we just started, but we left up this super chat here just to kind of you know it does say it all a little bit. 
uh, low effort, low energy. Um, I don't know, you know, what's going on, uh, but there's a lot of problems. There's a lot of individuals we can look at, but as a team, I think the word we put out there, Sherrod, was just disconnected. It looks like, I mean, it's like, yes. hey, have, have, Jalen, have you met uh, uh, Rob and Derek White? They, they're, they're on your team, you know, like, do you know the, it, remember how we used to joke that like Aaron Neesmith had never met Jalen Brown, you know? Yeah. <laughs> See, like they didn't know each other. They didn't, they changed in different rooms. Like, hey, what's up, Jalen? Like, when yeah, step what's the up, court, like, kid? And would, Jalen wouldn't even recognize him, on, wouldn't even notice him on the court. But, you know, so that's what's going on. It looks like it, from a team that went from having this incredible flow and, and playing this beautiful form of basketball to looking like they've never played together before, it's really weird. Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season, everything from NFL and bowl season to esports and World Cup. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at BetOnline. BetOnline features live betting, free contests, live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. We're the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite leagues and events. So head to BetOnline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code CLNS50 to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. It's weird, and it's and it's just it's you can't explain what the hell has happened to this team. Uh, there feels as though there's something going on that is having this overall domino trickle down effect to everyone on this roster. It's it just there's no rhyme or reason to it. You know, Derek White looks you know scared to death to take a shot, uh, and they look like they're scared to pass in the ball. Peyton Pritchard can't hit an open shot. Uh, Grant Williams, he made some shots, you know, there in the second half. But for the most part, he's been a non-factor. You start going down the pecking order, anyone basically not named Jalen or Jason is not making an impact. You, they can't win that way. And those guys, they're making an impact, but it's not the kind of impact they really want to make, is it? Really? Uh, you know, for them to only lose by five points is, is, is crazy because as poorly as they played. Gerard, you're throwing a party. What's going on there? They're just this just the usual hang on. trap. Hang on, I'll mute you for two seconds till that clears up a little bit and we'll get back to you in a second. Um yeah, Sherrod, that's the thing is like what are we gonna put our finger on? You know, like Jimmy mentioned earlier. Uh, you know, naturally, and Bobby's been on this from the beginning, there's going to be a regression. Guys aren't going to shoot 47% from three all year. We knew it. We knew there'd be a correction. As Jimmy said, like, did they all have to just plummet down to 10%? But you're <laughs> right. It's not only shooting slumps. It's like Jekyll and Hyde, like, looks like totally different players. Like, Derek White looks like, like, I'll take, last year's Derek White that I was on most of the year is a freaking all-star compared to the guy who's been playing the last uh, the last two weeks here for the Celtics. Yeah. Lost, useless, getting blown by, not making contributions. Uh, as you said, afraid to shoot. There's instances of him where the ball rotates over and he gets rid of it. That passing crafty, it yeah. That craftiness in and around the rim where he was able to get places and get to his spot and score. He doesn't know how to do that anymore. He's not doing it anymore. He's completely taken himself this is a guy i do believe does get on himself mentally i think we've seen hauser do it as well i think and i hate to say hauser does a little bit of the tatum when he's having a bad shooting night and then one goes in he's like oh i made one you know here we go (laughs) finally but but white's in his own head um and you know uh and you know 
you know what I thought was really, really interesting? And I, and I pointed this out to Ahmed, who was sitting next to me during the game. When the Pacers were down 8-3, what did you see Rick Carlisle do? Stop the bleeding. Because yeah. right now it's a paper cut, but if I let this go in, we're going to bleed to death. And next thing you know, Indiana goes on like a 27-8 run or some shit like that. And then you call the timeout. Are you kidding me? They went on a 26-2 run. You can't do that. Coach, you can't do that. They're learning. What they're learning to do is lose and, and like, get used to losing. If Joe wants them to learn, they're learning the wrong thing, which is how to continue to play really bad, look around at each other and wonder, who's going to save us from this? And, and, and the answer is nobody. And it just keeps getting worse and worse. It's, it, I, I, you know, and, I, and I don't his, know. I, his overall job so far has been great. Not trying to crap on him. He's done a hell of a job. But he has to do better at getting a pulse for when he needs to stop the bleeding before his team dies. There is no reason in the world when you come into a game and you've lost five out of six or four out of five, you're four out of five coming in here. And you're getting down by double digits at home by a team that's basically, what, sub-500? Yeah, they're a game below 500. You've got to stop that before well, it gets out of hand. You have to. It's strange. You have to. I, I've, I've talked about this before with, with, with different people, how, like, I'm always stunned where, like, and how an NFL coach won't be able to manage a clock in late-game situations. And I've always wondered, why don't they hire just one nerd you know, to just sit there on the sideline and they're all, you got 87,000 coordinators, one guy to simply be like, you should call a timeout now and you should call the second one after the two minute warning and right. just tell them how to manage the clock and leave it there. Joe needs a timeout specialist. He just needs a guy to be like, yeah, this is, this is it. This is the time. Okay. And you do the rest, just somebody else just call the timeout. It, especially when you're lo- when you're on a losing skid like this, because every possession matters even more so when you're trying to get back right. You're trying to get on track. And, and again, I just thought he, he left it in the hands of folks who've shown the last five games. They just don't quite have that in them right now. They still have it in them, but they just don't have it right now. And that's where you as a coach have to intervene. And again, when you're getting down early like that, it's more or less a picker cut or a slight prick. But if you let it, just keep bleeding out, you're going to die. Yeah. You're going to lose. And that, it felt like this was a game where they needed an intervention much sooner uh, than they got. Speaking of slight prick, Jimmy wanted to say something. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I actually forget what I was going to say. But originally what I was going to say was this 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 was an exact game from last year. Go down big. Yeah. Spend the rest of the game trying to claw your way back into it. Make it look close in the end, but ultimately come up short. Falling into bad habits that they fell into last year right? by not playing team basketball, not working the ball around. Um, you know, they're not getting out really in transition because they're not getting stops the way they were. And it's – I don't know what's – like you said, I don't know what's going on with Jack White, but it's, it's certainly not just him. I mean, it feels like their depth is just completely shot right now. Um, and again, I liked what I saw from Tatum in that second half. As soon as he got hit in the face – and they didn't call it. It was like a a, a switch flipped on him, and he and he turned into uh, the Hulk for you know the rest of the game. But it shouldn't take something like that, and it shouldn't take that long for your MVP player to go into beast mode like that. I mean, really, Aaron Neesmith's running up and down the court, you know, prior to that, looking like you know trying to act like he's running the show. Aaron Neesmith needed to be reminded who Aaron Neesmith was, and Jason Tatum reminded him with that dunk. But 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 at that point. 
I mean, the Pacers already have their mojo going, and, and one play like that isn't going to swing the game. You, Sherrod, like you said, or John, whoever said it, Missoula needs a timeout guy. I mean, I don't know how we can't kind of read the energy and read the room in a situation like that. We've seen this a number of times now, and I know that he wants the Celtics to figure it out on their own out there. I, I, I don't, I don't know about that. I don't know about that strategy. I think like you're the coach. There's a whole staff. You guys are being paid so that you can help them figure it out. You're watching there's, there's it a, from a third, you know, right. third perspective. You know, you're not in the middle of the game. You're watching it from the sidelines. You can see things that some of the players might not be able to figure out until you call that timeout and tell them, hey, this is what they're doing every time down. This is what we should be able to do to counter that. Let's go back out there in X, Y, Z. Don't let them figure it out on the fly. Well, I, I mean, Jimmy, I, I agree to you to, to a certain extent. I think there's a balance that you have to strike between giving them the flexibility and freedom to just learn in-game and you being able to put your imprint on what they're doing and, what, and what's not happening out there with your team because at the end of the day, as a head coach, that's your responsibility. And right. it's, it's, it's great to empower players and, and let them figure it out. But at some point, you've got to remind everyone in the damn building and everyone on that damn sideline why you're the head coach. And I think there are too many games where you come away thinking, what exactly is his role again? And again, I think for the most part, he's done a good job. want to call a couple of timeouts. Yeah, for the most part, he's done a really good job. But to me, I think what you saw tonight was a textbook example of what happens when you have a veteran, savvy, championship-minded coach understanding how, look, I can't worry about what happens in the playoffs or getting to the finals. I've got to worry about game number 32. I've got to figure out a way to win this game. And that's what Rick Carlisle did. I mean, like I said, they got down 8-3 and boom, shut it down. Uh, he's not going to let his team get blown out the doors from well, the Carlisle from was the calling outside. timeouts. Every yeah. time the Celtics went on a bit it's, of a run, exactly. he would call a timeout, you know, and do whatever he could to sort of stop that Which, momentum. That's when you have a pulse back. for your team. That's when you have. That's having a pulse for for your team. And and again, right. Joe has done a lot of good things with these guys, but I still don't think he's quite mastered a pulse for when he needs to do that and when he needs to let him play through it. Well, also yeah, we're look. gonna find out real quick, John. We're gonna find out. No, 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 go ahead. You know how is Missoula going to handle adversity? This is the first stretch of it, and so far, I can't say it's been great. I mean, I don't know what happened in Golden State, but since that game. I don't know if they've been able to handle They're still reeling. I don't know if, well, if anyone's been able to sort of bring them back to earth here. It's, it seems like there's a the, the, that they took a blow to their confidence and they have not been able to recover. And, and I'm saying they because it's not just one or two guys. It's, it's many of them. Tatum and Brown are going to be confident regardless, but the guys around them, they don't look the same. They don't have the same swagger. They don't they – don't, when they step out on the floor, it seems like there's there's a seed of doubt that's been planted in their mind that they haven't been able to uproot yet. Uh, they don't look like they expect to go out there and make great things happen like they did, you know, two, three weeks ago. Uh, and that's disturbing. That's really disturbing. So my two cents on it is the timeout stuff is a no-brainer, and it's really low-hanging fruit, and it's easy for us to grab on it. Not that we're, you know, like, not to discredit you know, you know, people's opinions on the matter. It's real. I think everybody will agree on he's got to take control of these in-game situations. I think in-game is where you're going to see sometimes coaches get out-coached when 
they can't adjust or someone else makes adjustments ahead of them or whatever. And obviously you've seen it a couple of times with guys like uh, Spolstra. You know, literally he's calling timeouts on 2-0 runs. You know, like, I don't like the way it's going. I didn't like that possession. I don't want to see another one like it. I'm calling a timeout. Right. It's a different style. If Joe's playing a long game and the idea is – down the road. I'm not saying this to be a contrarian. Joe's playing a long game, and the idea is I don't care if we drop a few now. I want them to be ready mentally to handle some real shit later on. And it actually worked. We'd be looking back on this and saying, oh, I, I, it's not bad they took their lumps because they can really play through some tough times now. Maybe that did help. So I don't know that that's a thing. I disagree with it personally. I think the coach's job is to settle the players. They're out there. They're doing everything they can. Sometimes shit gets away from them. And from the coach, you've got to have the 30,000-foot view and say, I think this is what you need right now. Yeah. You might not see it. I can see it. This is what you need. That being said... I still think the coach is about 1% of the reason why you win or lose games. I think, you know, it's every time we slice up blame pie, a little low 3%, whatever this, this, they got their asses handed to them by playing like assholes for an entire game. And everything that happened in the second, second half is a bunch of empty calories. When teams go up 30, they coast, you come back. That's fine. A team shooting 60% and a half is going to cool off naturally. That's what happens. They're not going to keep beating you by 30. That's the ball game. Like, that's just how it's going to go. So I don't think they did anything well. I think the players just came out and played horribly. Uh, and it's on them, and it's always going to be on them first. They got to figure their shit out. They were doing stuff before; they're not doing it, you know, anymore now. Um, so, why? What are you doing wrong? Why are you bad now? Why did you get away from what it is that you were doing? Why is Jalen Brown asleep half the friggin' game? Like, why is Derek White terrified to do anything right now? What happened to these guys? Like, take some personal accountability. Get back into it. Like, it's just. I, I, you know, it, it's on the players. It's on the players. I, I, I know the. It's always on the jo, players. Joe's, Joe's the hot topic in the in the in the chat. I just don't think that that. I just, you know, I, I always think we put too much on it. As soon as things go bad, you want the coach to fix it, you know. And I just, I, I don't know. I, I don't know that it's all on Joe. Well, I, I, John, I, I think no everyone involved. All on Joe. No, it's not. It's definitely it's not, not all on Joe. I'm saying the reaction but, is very heavy. You know, I, there's a lot in the chat. Joe, 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 Joe. People getting mad because he keeps saying things like we played well and all of that stuff. Um, you know, uh, and I don't know. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I, I I just always think it's a little overrated the, the the coach stuff. That's that's just my opinion. I would agree with that, John. If if there were clear signs that they were doing what in theory they should be doing, and there's a is a major flaw in damn near every game he's done, and they've been really 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 fortunate to keep winning because guys have been making plays. But now the players they need help. 
They need help. They need someone to structure them and get them out of this malaise because they're struggling to get themselves out of it. And last time I checked, if you start going down the Rolodex of, of people involved in an organization, that falls under the guise of the coach. He's got to be the one to get these guys, get their heads out of their ass and, and get them to play better basketball. Yeah. He's got to help with that. I also think like the best team in the Eastern Conference should be able to handle sub-500 teams coming into their home yeah. court. So Agreed. again, what are we Agreed. talking about? It's the Pacers and the Magic. You like you've got to basically put on just like a, a B minus effort to win these games. That's how low the effort and the focus is from the players right now. This these are games you could be you you should be down you could be down two players and win these games. Like what are you doing here, John? It's, it, if that's yeah. how the if that's how they actually think, then that's why they're losing these games because maybe because the, the NBA they might have they might have started the Pacers, to believe their press clippings, Jimmy. They might have gotten ahead of themselves. The yeah. success inflated their heads to the point that they thought they could coast through it, so they're going through it right now. That's what I think is happening. I think that they're. You know, they go out, they go out on the West Coast trip. They get probably treated like movie stars and superstars out there. They get, you know, a little humble pie served to them. And now they're they're reeling a little bit. Um, but if they think that they can just coast through the Pacers and the Magics of, of the world, we're finding out that that's just not the case because teams come prepared and they come ready to take down a team like the Celtics. They have the target on their back. That's a measuring stick for every team in the league right now. So, they can't just show up and play 50% or 70%. They have to play what their style of basketball, which is they have to play hard. I mean, that's how they've gotten to where they are. They've, they've been playing hard, whether it was the second half of last year or the start of this year. They had to prove people wrong to start this year because everybody was up in arms about the coaching situation. They came out gangbusters, and now it feels like, you know, did all that praise get to their head a little bit? I don't know. That might be an easy cop-out answer, too, because I'm sure there's plenty of plays you can look at, X's and O's-wise, they can say, well, listen, you know, they could be doing this better. They, you know, they could be running different plays or, you know, taking more of a team mentality approach, and we're not talking about this losing streak that they're on right now. But it, to me, feels like they're just not playing hard enough, and maybe they're waiting for that Bucks game, and they're just – kind of waiting for these games to go by but you you just can't you can't approach games like that you can't approach a season like that because we saw it in previous years there's no switch you can just flip in the playoffs you have to be playing a certain brand of basketball by the time the playoffs already come and if you know the way that they started the season isn't the way they finished the season then i mean there was a there was a super chat that we that we didn't get to put up it was right at the beginning the guy basically said he, he doesn't trust the celtics to go deep in the playoffs right now uh, he doesn't think that they, at this point that they'll be able to do that because of the way that they've gone hot and cold and how quickly they can just completely do a 180 and, and be like Jekyll and Hyde. Well, well remember, go, go ahead, ahead, John. No, no, no. Uh, you go. I was just going to say, remember that all preseason, all they talked about was getting off to a great start, getting off to a great start. And they did that. And then you didn't hear what's, what's next. What do you do after the great start? And it almost feels as though they came out wanting to prove that, see, I told you guys we could get off to a great start. Look at us, number one team in the East. And now it's like, okay, now we'll just kind of cruise until we get to the playoffs, and then we'll we'll flip the switch, which is absolute bullshit because we all know it doesn't work that way. Mm -hmm. uh, to your point, Jimmy, they're finding, and I don't know why they have to go through this to realize this, the teams that are in the middle to bottom tier in the Eastern Conference have one thing in common. They play hard. 
And last I checked, when you play hard, you give yourself a chance to be anyone and mm-hmm. everyone that you play against. And if, you're, if your team is not playing hard and the opponent is, you are opening yourself up to getting your ass whipped. How the hell are you down by damn near 30 points damn, in the first half to a team that's below 500? And you talk about yourself as a title contender, as a champion in the making? No. Champions lose games, but they always find a way to compete. And it felt in the first half they didn't compete. They weren't trying. They didn't give great effort. They don't have a sense of urgency. And for whatever reason, that sense of urgency we saw at the beginning of the season is nowhere to be found now. Yeah. And someone's got to find a way to get it back. Well, it's again, that's why I never believe in like, and we talked about this last game, Sharon. I don't believe the idea of flushing a loss. I don't believe the idea that you can just kind of move on. I think. Now let that shit burn. But I think, I I think, look, in the same way, like, that's what I don't get. And this is why, you know, I, you know, I, I think a few of us, a bunch of us were a little concerned after the Golden State game because of how they lost and how they looked and what it was reminiscent of. And now we've seen a lot of those habits creep up a lot. Uh, And, but everyone freaked out. It's just one game. They're still the best. And like, that's fine. And, and good, but like you can't have it both ways. If you can believe that certain wins and certain moments can turn seasons around and that there's such a thing as momentum and things that you can build on, there's also things that take you in the other direction. I think that Golden State game took them in another direction because it really reminded them just of like how bad they can be, which actually sucks, but like, but that was it. Like, oh, yeah, this team has it in their DNA to be brutally bad when they play a certain style. Um, and, and that's what's so PTSD scary about PTSD got them. <laughs> it got them bad. And, and, and now the habits are there, and they really do look lost. Like, I, it's so weird how discombobulated they look on offense. What was this beautiful pace and space um, that they were playing with uh, is, you know, in the half court is completely gone. They're not getting any stops because they're lazy. They just want to get the ball back on offense and mm-hmm. undo whatever they did the last trip down, not focusing on the defensive ends. They're not getting stops. They're not turning defense to offense. Um, they're not getting paint touches. They're not looking and working for baskets for easier baskets. They're just taking the first shot that's available to them. It's been the same thing for the whole stretch of bad play here, horrible, horrible habits. And then you're back to what Jimmy said earlier um that well one of these days the shots will just fall and we'll we'll be like is it fixed and it's not fixed unless they fix how they're getting their baskets is yeah you'll have one day where you take the same exact shots you took tonight and you'll shoot 52 47 and you'll end up scoring 130 and we'll be like they're back baby but it's not they were getting them in a certain way and they were getting them night in night out um and they're not working for it the way that they were working for it before it's effort they're not working for it uh and and it's and it's weird so combination uh, the the golden state ptsd um jimmy as jimmy said that they started believing their own press clippings whatever have you um there's a lot of things there um that have really corrupted what was an incredible start to the season. Uh, and one that, like I said, I think had made believers out of a lot of us. So uh, we'll get into it a little bit more in a second. And we are going to welcome Bobby coming in from uh, the post game, but we do want to tell you about a couple of our sponsors. We'll just start with one right now, which is rocket money. Um, I am amazed at how uh, much money this has already saved me. Uh, this one here, for those who don't know it, it used to be called true bill. 
And it's one of those apps where, um, you know, what, what does Rocket Money do? It basically finds all of the things that you've subscribed to, puts them all in one place, and then reminds you like, hey, dummy, uh, you've been subscribed to this thing and you don't even use it for all these years. Do you want to cancel? <laughs> um, and on top of that, they'll also renegotiate better prices for you uh, and say, like, if you cancel now or do this or do that, you can get a better rate, which is great. So most people, you know, probably forgot about a ton. It says about 80% of people have subscriptions out there they don't even know they have. Most people think they spend around 80 bucks a month. Real, realistically, your average American says about 200 a month on uh, on on subscriptions. Um, so the app puts them in one place, cancels them. Um, that's, a, that's a lot of subscriptions. It might catch it if you got double charged. That happens a lot sometimes uh, to, to people. And it actually happened to me one other time, which I didn't realize it. Um, and that's it. Uh, so Go to rocketmoney.com slash garden. You could save hundreds a year. I've already saved a bunch myself. Um, rocketmoney.com slash garden. Cancel your unnecessary subscriptions right now. If you subscribe to Rocket Money and you pay for their premium service here and you send us a notification of that, we will give you a phenomenal T-shirt. So please do that. Support our sponsors. That would be great. Once again, rocketmoney.com slash garden. We're going to welcome... Bobby Manning into the fold as well. Bobby was in the locker room here, um, I believe, uh, hey. talking to the team after the game. Uh, who, who did you hear from, and what's the uh, what the hell is the excuse? Uh, slow start, bad start. They got out to just a brutal run at the beginning of this one, and that's what did them in. You go down by thirty, you're not going to be able to get back. Uh, I thought the defense was lackadaisical <laughs> early. Just open cuts to the rim, rollers wide open, Nemhard, Turner, whoever it was. And then, of course, lackadaisical is a nice description of it, Bobby. It was beyond lackadaisical. It was, yeah, it was, it was a disaster yeah. start. And <laughs> listen, the second half, that's how you want to respond. But you're never, almost never going to come back from down 30. You need like the Tatum 60 bomb against the Spurs to overcome that kind of deficit. And Tatum was good, Brown was terrible. Brogdon, I thought it was pretty terrible off the bench as well. That second unit killed them the first rotation through. Uh, the Pacers took advantage there. And, you know, Halliburton ended up being the best, if not the second best guy on the floor in this one. And there aren't a lot of answers coming out of that room right now. It, like, this just seems to be a team that's, I don't want to say lost, but losing itself for sure. A lot of the activity, a lot of the movement, things like that. You're not seeing it, at least consistently right now. You know, defenses are reading them. I thought the Pacers were just jumping on their passes out of the lane, uh, forcing them to take completely off-balance shots in the lane. I think the Celtics started like 6 of 18 at the rim in this one. Uh, so they're slipping. And great, you come back in the second half, Indiana started throwing the ball all over the place. When you're on this kind of run, I don't think you really take solace in that because this is just too long of a trend right now. We're starting to see this team just slip right now. And it's it's forcing up threes. It's not getting good looks at the rim. I think they might have found something in that double big unit at the end of the game. I'm interested to see that going forward, especially the defensive pressure they were able to put out there with that group. So maybe you pull that from this one. But other than that, just a disaster of a night here. Yeah. Facts, my dog. Facts, dog. Brutal. But all right. So, you know, uh, we talked about it earlier. Uh, e may getting a ton of blame in the chat. I mean the email, Jesus, Joe. Um, people, people. They want email back. Yeah, everyone wants email <laughs> back. People, you know, uh, people thinking Joe's overwhelmed. There was a comment thrown out there. 
um, that, uh, you know, uh, I, I wasn't in the press conference, you know, we, we didn't see it obviously, but that he once again said that he thought they played well, um, which that stuff doesn't tend to go over very well, um, you know, for performance. He might like be this. joking, but it's fun. It's kind of, that's why it's kind of funny. Cause he says that after like every game. Well, he did say it I don't the other think, game. Yeah. I don't think he said that tonight. Okay, good. Um, then, that, that, then, then, then we'll <laughs> yeah. move along. But the idea that Joe is overwhelmed and losing them and not, you know, again, we're going to have – the timeout is the easiest conversation to have. But, again, you have a team going a 26-2 to run and basically end the game in the first – you lost the game in the fir- during a seven-minute stretch in the first quarter. Um, that was it. Do something, right? Um, but I don't know how much you're pointing necessarily on Joe. I don't know if you get a sense that the players are wondering uh, whether somebody's going to kind of help take control of the situation or they're looking at each other in the room. I do think you have a lot of that thing, Bobby, where, you know, during those tough stretches two years ago and then the early part of last year where people are looking around at other people waiting for somebody to take charge and nobody's taking charge. And again, there is a Marcus Smart factor here. Half. Yeah, there's a Marcus Smart factor here. I do think he does help settle them at times when things go awry. He's not the answer. He's not the save all. But sometimes he can be really valuable in that regard. Not having him in a game like this hurts a little bit. But a lot of people are kind of pointing at the coach. Like, where is this starting from, Bobby? Well, he got out coached in this game for sure. You, you look at the way Rick Carla managed their lead. Got down to almost one if Tatum hits that shot there and the free throw at the end. But... It was timeout, timeout, timeout. It was the opposite approach of Joe, right? So, listen, I haven't really harped on that much this year. I'll still have to go back and kind of see. So, during that 26-2 run, John, you didn't call one that whole stretch? Maybe one. Yeah, because I'm not, I'm not keeping track of them, like, you know, through the course of the game. That's something I'm going to have to keep look back on. But, in general, that approach doesn't seem to be working right now. And I don't know where you – pivot away from it is what we've talked about like a lot of stuff worked to start this year at what point i guess now wouldn't be a bad time to start making some adjustments to the approach but you know his whole thing is that what am i going to say like he's leaving this in the hands of the players that's what he's done so far he's not just going to rein this team and we we talked about this with email last year actually now he was a guy who would call timeout in those spots even though they want to have a free-flowing player run offense uh, but that's just who he is as a coach. And it doesn't seem like he wants to get away from that. Is it a magic pill that's going to solve all their offensive issues right now? I think that's probably his thought process on it, is that what am I going to say here to change what's going on out there? Like this is something that these players have to take control of. And it is concerning that without smart, you saw Brown, Brogdon, guys like that struggle so much to do it. I thought Horford's two big threes out of halftime were important momentum changing moments tatum was good in this game yeah uh, he came about as close as you could to turning things around and taking control but something's wrong right now and i can't really lay a finger on what it is um i guess it's just kind of those blank expressions in the first half not guys not really talking to each other they're not really being a lot of demonstrative moments from this group in terms of trying to figure things out I, you just don't see visually that one person trying to solve the issues. And Smart was in recent games, right? Um, but, you know, he's not out there, and you really don't see that one guy grabbing the ball and going. Yeah. Um, I think this is, um, you know, thank you for this super chat, Billy. Um, there's a lot of people saying Jones. this. The, the last season in reverse, it is really weird. 
you know, everyone makes peaked too soon jokes, you know, when they're playing the way that they were playing. Um, but, you know, what happens in December doesn't necessarily. What do you think's wrong, John? I don't know what's wrong. I'm going to say it's a combination of things. I think it's regression to the mean. I think, you know, you know that, that that's something that you are worried about regarding the shooting. Um, something you mentioned earlier, some teams starting to figure it out, seeing what they're doing, anticipating a little better. Uh, things are more cluttered on offense. I think, uh, uh, you know, as Jimmy said earlier, they might be they might have started to believe their uh, press clippings a little bit. Here's the thing. In the early part of the year when we're saying, like, defense doesn't matter if their offense is going to play this way. Well, when your offense isn't playing this way, defense matters a lot. So I still think they're giving some that sporadic defensive effort that isn't there possession by possession, giving up some easy buckets, but then they're not answering offensively and they're getting themselves into holes. And I think the bad offense <clears throat> does have a way of getting to these guys and affecting them mentally and affecting the, their defensive end as well. So uh, it really has a, you know, kind of a multiplying effect. So I just think everything spiraled all at once. And I really do believe that. I, I, I think that, you know, the PTSD off the Golden State game reminded them how shitty it feels. That's to play all I can that, think of. How shitty it feels to play that poorly, to have a team be able to get up in your shit and make it hard and physically dominate you and mentally dominate you. And then they left that kind of feeling less about themselves. And I do feel mm -hmm. like their whole style of play really changed after that game. I mean, remember earlier in that week, they they, they were up 50 on the number one team in the West. They absolutely just curb stomped the Suns. And it was like this. It was a joke. It looked like they were playing, you know, the varsity versus the JV. It was globetrotters. It was ridiculous. And then to that go says a lot that, about the Suns, maybe. <laughs> whatever. Suns it's, it's a, it doesn't matter. It's a quality team. Yeah. If, if at worst a tier two team, but realistically probably a team that's there among the four or five teams in the West that could come out. And they killed them. And then they went to Golden State, and everything fell apart. And since then, they look. Uh, Bobby, you could argue this is worse than any stretch in 2021. They were inconsistent. They've been horrible for 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 these six seven games. Horrible here. Yeah, in and every game, Darren, horrible. I asked like Darren, league horrible. worst horrible. Their offensive rating is the worst. Yeah, horrible, horrible. And Sherrod, you had, you had some thoughts about what the potential spiral effect could have been from that Warriors game because that's what I think of is maybe not only do the Celtics get hit confidence wise out of that game but other teams are able to watch that game and maybe see what works what potentially is an answer for this offense because the Clippers certainly did I thought they did a lot of things similar to what the Warriors did in that game yeah I mean it's a copycat league I and mean, we, we know that when when teams see something that works uh they're going to try to implement that and, and use it to their benefit and I think you're you're starting to see a little bit of that but the, the, the thing and we talked about this before um this is about effort. This is about energy. I mean, the effort and energy alone are going to allow you to compete. When you get when you get your ass whipped down by thirty points to a sub five hundred team at home, that team is not outplaying you. They're outworking you. Um, and there are too many instances where we're seeing that now. We're not seeing them play compete with the kind of consistency that we saw earlier in the season. And again, part of it may very well be them feeling as though they made their point. We told everyone we're going to get off to a great start. We've done that. We'll see you guys come April. And as we all know, that's a pretty effed up mindset if, if that's how they're thinking because 
there's a lot of games they still have to win and prove themselves between now and then. And I, I, I just we just don't know where their ment- where their mental state is right now. I mean, are they as troubled by what we're seeing as as I think a lot of fans are, or do they think that they're just going to eventually shoot their way out of it and everything's going to go back to the way it was? Um, they're not letting on. And they seem like, you know, someone asked Brogdon in the locker room point blank, is the team rattled, concerned, whatever the phrase was that, that, <laughs> that they asked him. And he said, no, not that he can sense. Uh, you know, he got asked, have teams figured them out? And he didn't sense that. And of course, Joe's kept an optimistic tone. I think that goes on down the line. I'm interested to see what Brown and Tatum say after this one. They'll be speaking shortly, but... I don't buy it, right? I don't You're care what guys they say. hesitate on their shoot. You, you're seeing guys hesitate on their yeah. shots, pass out of weird positions. Like it, it was a good play, right? But Pritchard running in transition, sort of just like darted out to the corner and threw it back to Brogdon. There's just that disconnectedness right now that you see play out on the floor in terms of how they're playing. Even Rob, who I think was good in this game. The, the pick and rolls early, the Pacers just kept blowing them up again and again. Yeah, They're not sharp right now. Rob doesn't just actually doesn't... set picks. His feet are moving yeah. the whole time. He gets to a spot and then quickly moves off of it. He might be one of the worst screeners among big men I've ever seen. Uh, it's just not a thing he's ever done, which is so strange because literally all you have to do is go stand there and put your body in front of somebody. It's a weird thing to be bad at, but it's almost like he's thinking about the next thing he's going to do rather than committing to setting solid screens. He wants to just slip, yeah. He just wants to slip. He sets terrible, he can terrible be screens. He some of those too. Uh, yeah. He's not, and and but... Brown. Brown's game just keeps sliding. And again, you get all the people in the chat when we're nitpicking there who, who just aren't really keen on those little moments that he's just sort of letting his game slip, Brutal. whether it's the traveling, which of course he – complained about last game or whenever that was and it's stuff that doesn't show up in the box the score. And, yeah that's the thing is like everyone wants to go into like the defense you know how some players like it's last year we had the Derek white argument which was like a lot of people are like he does so many things that don't show up I think Jalen's kind of sometimes can be the opposite type of player. His box score numbers end up sometimes looking good, even in games where we're watching and we're like, God, he was rough tonight. Might be like a late, like kind of, you know, uh, you know, six, six, eight points late after, you know, not having a good shooting night that evens out the numbers. You walk away, you look at the total and you're like, he wasn't that bad. He scored 26, 20, whatever he, I mean, Guys, I texted you that during that stretch, four consecutive trips down. I want to pull it up. I mean, he, what did he have? This was just one stretch of, of game. Uh, it was uh, missed a layup. Where, where was it again? I mean, I, I just I couldn't even believe it. For like blown by, missed a layup, almost mm-hmm. turnover on one play. Yeah, that's what it was. He almost turns it over, jumps out of his shoes, doesn't know where he's going, throws it to Brogdon in the corner, who miraculously saves it with one hand, dribbles and finds uh, Hauser underneath for a bucket. Then he gets, uh, then he scores a bucket, then he gets blown by on the other end. Then he comes over and literally almost coughs it up again uh, and, and, and gets a bailout foul. There was like four possessions in a row where he's just completely not in the game mentally at all uh, in what he's doing. And then, you know, I mentioned a couple of things late where he misses a layup and then allows that kind of backdoor. There's about 10, 12 moments where, you know, it's not only the turnovers, it's turnover-worthy plays. It's missing open shooters. There's so many Miss things. Miss layups and miss one for sure. Miss and layups. And he threw that I mean, pass over Tatum's head in the fourth. 
through the through the pass rotation. Fourth quarter run, the missed layups were were brutal. But like the it's inbounds, not just the missed Denise layups. Met. The inbound Denise Smith yeah. missing a layup and then just not getting back. There was one play when Pritchard went in in transition. That was a killer. Pritchard goes in in transition. Jalen goes for the tip. Tatum oversells trying to chase down a rebound he had no chance of getting, and he's gone in the corner. And the Pacers go five on two the other way. Three Celtics are out of the play, and it ends with a Halliburton three. They don't look like themselves. Yeah, Five-point swing, and like Tatum, as soon as he didn't get that, he starts walking back too because they were like, oh, we missed. You know, like it all just – there's so many of those in and moments. And they're overcompensating, right? They're double-teaming on defense, trying to force some disruptiveness Missing on that end. You're talking about the offensive rebounding. Yeah. It's so yeah. many moments where it's just like that's not what you're supposed to do here. Uh, and, and, and you know, Jalen had about a dozen of them tonight. Yeah, and they undermined the comeback. They had enough firepower. They had enough time to come back in this one. I think even going down thirty again, I wasn't counting on it. But you get within five a couple of times late there. You get within eleven twice and give up threes each time that you get within eleven. Again, that stuff's not going to happen. You're not going to go on a 30-0 run to come back. That's why you lose when you go down that much. But those little moments, and it wasn't just Brown, but I think Brown's inconsistency is starting to reflect a lot of the teams right now. And, you know, again, you're going off Tatum's play. You're following Brown's play. He's the guy with the ball in his but, hands a lot, especially on a night where Smart's out. Did you notice, He though, just didn't give them what they needed in this one. This had old Celtics vibes, though. As Tatum starts heating up, you were seeing in that fourth quarter Brown just standing in the corner and doing nothing on offense a ton, um, just kind of floating, and the ball not really gravitating towards him. Did and you him see them not, pass much to each other? And they didn't pass much to each other. And actually, nobody was really looking for Jalen to ISO in the fourth quarter. It was almost like the entire team was like, I don't think he's it tonight. Um, and he wasn't getting the ball in those situations, which is like, all right, go to work, Jalen. Uh, he didn't, you know, when it did come to him, he was kind of trying to do his own thing. And some of it was in transition, but they didn't run a lot of stuff through him at all. He was just kind of this lost guy floating, uh, you know, uh, you know, beyond the three point line off in the corner and wasn't really involved a ton. Uh, we'll bring in Joe Sway as well. Joe Sway, were you in the locker room and you got anything yes. to report? Um, no, I was when I was on um, Joe Mazzulla's press conference, but I just heard what you just said, and I, I think you're, you're spot on there, John. Um, it just seemed like they were like, oh, so this is the Jalen we have tonight. Let's try to figure this thing out, not on our own, but let's just kind of look for him for, for high percentage looks. And I felt like Jalen was just so out of sync. Um, I don't know if it's a mental thing or if he's just trying to, again, that sort of mindset where it's like, oh, we're down by 40. I got to. We, we got to come back in, in a couple of plays, right, as if that's possible. Maybe a, bit, a little bit of that. But in the second half, when the Celtics were clicking, Jalen really wasn't a part of that. And, and I feel like the, the Indiana Pacers did a really good job of just knowing his stuff. Like, they knew what was in his bag. They knew the, the hop step. The, there was someone there either taking away space or putting a hand in the middle. And he could not keep, you know, control of the ball. I mean, he didn't finish with a whole lot of turnovers in this one. But it was just messy. It was really messy out there. And um, but but anyways, yeah, Joe Mazzulla just talked about how um, he's really going to he's really trusting his guys right now. He's trusting who they who they've been, who they are, obviously what they went through last year and the hot start that that, that happened in the, in the first month of the season. He's happy that the Celtics did put together a, a solid half and that it wasn't the case all four quarters. But he certainly isn't impressed with what happened in that first half, obviously. But he won't say that he's concerned. That's just not um, where he's at right now. And I feel like he's he's far from that. You know, from, from saying that he's concerned about this team. 
I, I think he's trying to instill as much confidence as possible. And he's just pointing at what this team has proven before. And I, I'm with that. Look, I, I don't, you know, Bobby and I did the, uh, the pandemic, you know, a few nights ago. I'm probably still at a four. Um, I know Bobby likes to do the point five or so. Maybe a 4.5. 4. 5. Maybe a 4.5. Out of what? Um, out of 10? Out of 10, yeah. yeah. Um, oh, wow. You're not that. But, so you're not paying. You know, they got to they gotta clean this thing up. Because like I said in that same segment, Bobby, and that um, it gets it gets a lot more challenging than that. And, the, and then if you look at the schedule, if you look ahead, uh, a, a lot of tough matchups, the stuff that's on the road and at home. And um, at this point, you just want to see this team put together a team matter who they're playing against. You know, but it's not easier um, after Minnesota, of course. That's what you're looking for, something complete, right? You get this great second half tonight, but the first half was just such a disaster. It's hard to take that as silver lining. And certainly all of these games have had more low points than high points recently. And even that Lakers win, it was just one little burst to take a lead. And that's probably what you would have been saying if they won this one, is that they escaped miraculously at the end there. Say Tatum hit that four-point play, they got another steal, and then, hit another three or something like that. Like That is not how you want to win, especially against the Indianas of the world. I know everyone in the chat is going to be like, oh, the Magic are decent and the Pacers are decent. I agree. But it's just looking at the Celtics and the way they're playing, especially against teams that they're much better than right now. It's going to have you concerned. And Didn't I say in the chat, John, like just watching those last few games coming into tonight, it just felt like this was going to fester a little bit. You have Joe saying – I'm not concerned. You know, we had good moments. We had good plays. We're doing a lot of good things right now. It's got to be someone's job to address what they're not doing well and hit on that and really phase it out and pull them out of this. Like we talked about, Marcus was trying. You could see him, whether it was like rushing them up the floor, getting the ball, maybe forcing some shots early in the clock if they had you know good looks. Uh, they actually shot well on threes early in the clock against Orlando on Sunday. They got their defense right. I think Smart's a big part of that, too. But it doesn't seem like anyone else right now is going to stand up and doesn't even have to be public. You know, I, we want it to be. We want it to be answers to our questions. But you don't even think – it doesn't even feel like internally that anyone's kind of saying, man, what are we doing it's right really now? It's really hard to know with these guys because they just don't wear it on their sleeves. Like, it's just yeah. not that – they're not that team. Like, you know, Jalen – is soft spoken and kind of mm-hmm. spacey and like, you know, like, you know, does these weird esoteric, you know, kind of, you know, one-off comments that don't really mean anything. Tatum is really soft spoken and like, you can't tell if he's angry, sad, mad or whatever. So you're never going to get anything demonstrative from these guys after they're always pretty, you know, they're soft spoken and they're yeah. measured. You're not going to get candid. Like we've, freaking blow angry stuff emotional stuff i know fans kind of want to see that because it's like do they care you know i just think that they're just not those types of guys and they'll never process it necessarily No, but my point is john what's being done to address this i don't we don't that's the thing we never know that's always the problem is like behind the scenes they might be watching film and like freaking screaming at each other or joe's calling them out or again i don't really know we don't know enough about his style we don't know enough about what goes on behind the scenes um you know, to have an idea what's happening, but it does feel like Joe's style is they're pros and they're going to figure it out. We're just going through some lumps right now. And I do wonder like if that's enough, um, you know, and whether they need, you know, they need something, they need somebody to, they need them to be pulled out of it. But here's the thing. Is that a problem? Let me ask you this guy. You know what I mean? Like I think they might need another one. 
let, you know, flat out out, you know? Let me ask. Let me, no, I just want to ask you guys, just generally speaking, like, we're going to play this game. It's going to be year 15 and 16 of Jalen Brown's career, and people will be like, they're still young, you know, and figuring it out, and, like, they'll get there eventually. Like, we're in year six. They wouldn't six take a and, week off. They've earned it. We're, they're, they're fine. Deuce is turning 30. you got to <laughs> celebrate that. It's a big birthday. It's a milestone. You know, like, yeah, it's milestone. This is huge. 21. You know He's got to go out with Deuce. Want. No, forget that. What I'm saying is... No, you is, know what it is, John? They, they got a little loose here. But that's, they got a little that's loose. Not they it. took their hand off the wheel and it slipped too far. For sure. But that's the whole point is we are now... Marcus Smart is a veteran. Jalen Brown is in seventh season. I don't care what the age is. Jason Tatum is in his sixth season. Are, are they still so young and immature that they need a coach to snap them out of it and say, stop playing bad? Is, should they not on their own be able to just... Just be like, guys, we're like all NBA stars here right. who've been to the conference finals four times. And like we were at the finals last year and we're super experienced and extremely talented and in our physical primes. And why don't we just play good tonight? Like, do you really need this is where I go back to the coach. Does a coach have to tell these guys go out and play hard tonight? Uh, at what point are you like, come on, just do it. Well, that's what I said about Malcolm Brogdon, Al Horford, Marcus Smart, veterans. The 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 inexperienced guys on this team are sixth and seventh year veteran all stars with all NBA under their belts who've gone to the freaking finals and conference finals multiple times. They are a veteran experienced team. I can't believe they're looking at a thirty two year old coach in the ass and get him going. You're right. I, 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 ridiculous. That's why I go back to the coaching. Like, come on. The, Joe's got to fix it. It's not so much yeah. that it's to me, it's, it's not so much getting them in the right mindset to start the game. I'm more I'm more interested in the in-game adjustments and what can you know, when something does go wrong off the bat, like in this game tonight in the first half. That's when I kind of want the coaches to step <laughs> in. I don't I don't necessarily necessarily think that. They need like a book of, you know, wisdom read to them before every game and, and you know, their handheld to walk them out to the court and tip before so they can tip the ball up. I don't I don't need all that. And you're right, John. These guys are veterans and they should know what it takes to, you know, to win games, to win playoff series, to they know they should know what it takes now to win an NBA title because they came just short. Um but for some reason they have trouble putting it together for from start to finish in a game. We went we went through this many many seasons. Whether it was Jalen Brown starting off hot and disappearing in the second half, or vice versa with Jason Tatum last year, he would disappear in the first half and then he would get hot in the second half. Kind of what we saw tonight, to be completely honest. Um, so again, it's kind of falling into those bad habits. I can't imagine Joe Mazzulla sitting, you know, as an assistant coach last year and seeing what it took for Ime to get through these guys, I can't imagine him going opposite um, style and saying, well, even though Ime really had to really drill it into these guys for them to learn, I'm just going to kind of let them run the show and trust that they'll figure it out. I, I can't imagine that that's the the, the way Missoula is going to go about it. So I, I would think that he is pretty tough on these guys behind the scenes. He's not an emotional guy though. He's just, he's just not. And like you said, the players aren't either. And I don't know if that's going to be a cause for concern at some point because, you know, Marcus Smart aside, I, I think that these guys could show a little bit more emotion out there um, and sort of feed I off each other's energy. I thought they were in the first half. 
Yeah, absolutely. No, body language is bad, the, stale. The only energy we saw was once once Tatum got hit in the head, got hit in the face, and he get called. He got into angry Tatum. That was the only energy and emotion we saw really all night. Um, but why does that need to happen? You know, that should be the mentality going in. You know, you guys are, you know, these teams are coming into your home and embarrassing you. You're getting booed in the first half. Um, booze you know, are raining down. The booze are raining down, and it's not the first time recently. So. I don't know what it's going to take. Joe Swayze says it's going to take another big loss. I think I think that's what he said. I'm not sure if he broke up there a little bit, but um, it shouldn't have to. <laughs> it doesn't have to. Christmas. You know? <laughs> Maybe the Christmas stage. Christmas Christmas Day massacre. They're going to win by thirty moment. on Christmas. I swear. Yeah. I swear. Like it's it, it, it's it's obviously trending towards a beatdown, and it's going to go in the other direction. Which is why I'm yeah. going the other direction. Absolutely. <laughs> it's just it's going to be the that. big L, man. <laughs> Oh, They've had a few. They have to get through Friday first. Yeah. And Anthony Edwards is going to do his thing. Yeah. And, you know, to your point on the coaching, Jimmy, I'm with John on this. It's not on Joe. Like Joe's been here. It's the not. Same thing with E-May last year. When they were struggling last year, everyone was like, E-May stinks. Get rid of them. It, like whoever's sitting there is going to take the heat in this spot. I think Joe's making some good adjustments, actually. The defensive stuff they did in the second half turned the game around. I think he's on top of things. I mean, we saw him here like 11 a.m. The guy, like, works his ass off. Now, does he have the right demeanor and approach in terms of addressing a situation like this? That was always my question. We knew this team at times lapsed, and they fall into bad habits. Like, it's part of their DNA, it almost feels like, at this point. And you don't know how good he is at responding to that i felt like he may had a pretty good touch actually for responding to that despite his struggles of doing so early in the year but strategically again this is the best offense ever for 20 plus games so i'm not doubting joe's coaching acumen maybe maybe there's some intangible things that the team doesn't respond to in that sense but i think just like i said going into the year this is on the players who advance past some of those old lapses as john just said there i think that's exactly where they are this yeah. team internally needs to figure it out. Do what they need to do. I mean, they that was the story of this game. They didn't do what they needed to yeah. do in the first half. Uh, they did what they needed to do in the second half. And energy. it just sort of looked like, yeah, yeah. Shots they're not showing falling. up for these games. Felt like the, they felt slept like through there was the Orlando lit. series. Felt like there was a lid on the rim. Just play, just go play, man. Like, you can't have that excuse game after game after game after game. Uh, we're going to keep going on this stuff a little bit here. Um, but uh, first off, I do we do need to tell you uh, about Athletic Greens, which – you all know about for sure because a ton of you have purchased it. I know this because you've sent me the receipts and we've sent you t-shirts uh, and we yeah. love it. But uh, Athletic Greens is with us, guys. And in order for them to stay with us, we need you to keep supporting our sponsor. So please do or please check it out if it's something that you've ever thought about. Um, it's a terrific product uh, uh, for you. If you don't know, it's basically kind of one-stop shopping supplements, 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, uh, dump it in a cup of water, uh, start your day right. It's a special blend of ingredients, uh, helps you support gut health, your nervous system, immune system, energy, recovery, focus, aging, basically everything. Uh, there's 
a million reasons to take it. The number one, I think, honestly, is the fact that you're probably chasing around a lot of different solutions, kind of, you know, uh, one thing here and another thing here and another vitamin and blah, blah, blah. And you don't need to do that anymore with AG1. Mm -hmm. uh, you don't have to worry about anything. It is uh, lifestyle or diet friendly, keto, paleo, vegan, dairy free, gluten free, no sugar at all, uh, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything, um, supports mental clarity and alertness, sleep quality, uh, highly in product, athletes, celebrities, medical professionals. So again, time to reclaim your health, arm your immune system, convenient daily nutrition, one scoop in a cup of water. That's it. No need for a million different supplements. To make it easy on you and to incentivize you, uh, we're going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase if you go to athleticgreens.com garden as you see it right there. Once again, you see it on your screen, athleticgreens.com dot com slash garden take ownership over your health right now and as we've been doing and i know one of our producers will put it in the chat for you um you will get a phenomenal t-shirt there's a form to fill out you put your receipt your shirt size your address you send it to us we will send you a garden report phenomenal t-shirt right now Absolutely nothing is phenomenal. We can keep beating on this team or we can do a couple of the rays of light if we want. I don't think it's worth talking about Tatum being Tatum because Tatum is Tatum. Um, and we know that he has that in his bag. But I guess we can look a little bit at Rob Williams. Um, I know a lot of people are into it. I, I thought it was a bit of a mixed bag. But again, I think this is what you're going to get with Rob at this time. Um, Sherrod, what do you think of his overall performance tonight? Better, much better, better, much better, much better. He, he's trending in the right direction. He's, he's getting back to being, you know, that kind of X factor that can put you over the top because of that, of his athleticism, rebounding, that kind of stuff. But, I, again, I, he he's playing better, and, and that's a good thing. But he's not, at this point, moving the needle. They need an overall energy uplift. Uh, they need to play harder. They're just not playing hard. They don't play with enough sense of urgency. But Rob, in terms of what he can do, in terms of what they need him to do, I thought was pretty good tonight. Not great, but but definitely on the good side. I, I yeah, thought I he was – I thought – yeah, you go, Jesse. You were there. No, I was going to say, I agree with that. Um, second chance opportunities, some energy possessions, you know, the putback really got this place going. Um, things like that. Like Sherrod said, there's not a whole lot he can do right now. He's he's doing his best, but uh, it's he's getting better and better, I think. Sure. Yeah, I was encouraged at points tonight. I loved the block that he had. Uh, that was that was the type On of Smith. Yeah, yeah, that was the type of block that Sweet. we used that we've seen and that tells me that he's getting there because Rob's well, seen just, that in practice quite a bit. I'll bet. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's, also, he's also seen uh, Tatum dunk over him too quite a bit. I'm sure. So. <laughs> Man, did they yeah. pick on Neesmith? I was going to talk about him in they a little did. bit. That was mean. That's what you do. First, first what you three do. buckets of the game. Tatum went at him, Tatum went at him, Jalen went at him. I thought they were going to do that all friggin' game. Remember, remember when they were up 8-2? Those were the glory days. Um, but, yeah, go ahead, Jimmy. Let's go, Let's keep going on Rob. Well, uh, no, just he, he had that block. And then I think it was a, a, a couple plays before that. Um, I forget who it was on the Pacers, but kind of got by him. But Rob made a really good recovery at the rim and forced a turnover. Um, I feel like the Celtics weren't capitalizing on the other end on a couple of those um, plays that Rob had. So I'm not sure if they'd really even show up in the block. Obviously the block did, um, but you know, a plus four, uh, you know, in a game where they were down big, um, you always look for that with your, with your role guys and guys coming off the bench, you look, see where that plus minus is. 
I thought he gave them, you know, solid minutes, you know, 22 minutes a night. I'm, I'm great. I'm happy to see him playing above 20 minutes a game now. Um, you know, obviously I, I want him to be a little bit more involved, I think offensively, but 12 rebounds. He had a, he had a, um, a big offensive rebound that I think Tatum hit a three off of um, after he grabbed one of those rebounds. So he was involved. So I think that's all you can ask for a guy who's just getting out, staying active, being involved. Um, the wind is getting there. Uh, I think we all agree. It's not where it needs to be yet, but um, you know, I have no reason to believe that he can't get back to where he was. So that, for that reason, I'm encouraged. And I'll be out of here. See you guys later. No, it's good. I mean, I, I think it's encouraging. I, I, he still doesn't look close to what you want. He doesn't look close to what you want, but he's I do not think close that it, because that energy he, he hasn't good. played enough yet. You know. Yeah, and it's fine. I, I'm willing to wait on Rob, um, and I don't think there's any reason to have any judgment. I do think that the minutes sometimes are rough. I still think they're learning how to play with one another. Bobby pointed out tonight that there were some rotations that worked. Uh, we knew that that was going to be a problem. I know the whole, you know, uh, you know, every Celtics fanboy out there was like, "Dude, Rob comes back, they're going to beat everybody by a hundred and like. Yeah, I mean, when Rob's back to his full self, there's when Rob's back to his full self and they're playing like they're capable of playing, there's a lot that they can do and there's a lot that he brings right now. I think they're having a little tough time integrating him into into their offense, particularly now when they're not shooting so well because things are a little bit even clunkier and there's definitely um, some weird flow and space, space issues when he's out there. I think some guys just aren't used to having him on the floor. Um, he doesn't. I thought actually he got the ball. He did get a few more touches tonight than he did the, uh, the night before. But it'll take a little while. Um, I did want to hit on uh, uh, Neesmith a little bit. Do I have a Neesmith he graphic? Where he, was, he wasn't where he was supposed to be in one possession, though. Miles Turner. After that, it just, mm -hmm. like, clicked. You know, he started playing much better after that. Totally. Totally, yeah. totally. totally. Um, what did you guys think of Aaron? Again, he's getting his opportunities. He's out yeah, there. Loved it. Loved he's it. He's still very Neesmith. Um, he's got a little confidence to him, though, more. A little bit know? more, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And everyone loves him. I mean, he, yeah. I mean, right out, right out the gate, he picks up a foul, and then he scores a bucket. That's Aaron Neesmith right there. Great play. Give you something. Takes it away. Welcome to the world of Aaron Neesmith. <laughs> yeah. Only the, the only difference now is that, and, I, and again, I, I talked to him before the game about this. He said the biggest difference is just that now he has an opportunity to play through his mistakes and not worry about not playing. He's going to play regardless, uh, but now he's learning how to he's learning how to play, learning how to make it play. you know. And and there were so many Aaron Neesmith moments in this game. I mean, like when Jalen Brown got lazy on the inbounds layup, uh, when yeah. you know just. Doing crazy when, frenetic Neesmith things. When Neesmith tackled Jalen, that was that was also very Neesmith. And like injured Jalen almost. I was just like, well, this guy, yeah. man, he just kind of hurt everybody. He's he's a liability well, out there. If Neesmith weren't Neesmith, Jalen would have two more offensive fouls in this game. He gets he gets whistled just for being Neesmith sometimes. Um, but uh, yeah, that's fine, Josue Boogie. Um, Josue's getting booted. We're gonna. Bull gang's got to do their thing. Um, yeah. it, the Neesmith thing all comes back to, you know, what we were saying when he was here. If he played consistently, consistently night on, night in, night out, 
Um, he didn't get then, the opportunity. No. Nope. Then you would then. I don't think he was ever going to be a star, but he might have been a useful player. I think the Celtics missed out on the opportunity to have developed him into a potentially useful player by never giving him an opportunity. That is a problem on a good team. It's it's something that we shouldn't shouldn't have been a problem on a bad team. That team two years ago was the year was the year to have played Aaron Neesmith consistently mm-hmm. to see whether or not you had something in him uh, and and really give him some minutes there. But they kind of hung on and they just, you know, were mediocre all the way to the end through a first round exit against the Nets. Uh, that was a lost season. They should have recognized that a lot earlier and taken an opportunity to develop. Then you're a friggin' conference, you know, you know, you're, you're a contender the next year. What are you going to do with him? You know, like start playing heavy minutes. I think you just kind of missed that opportunity. So he never got his chance. I think this is the best of what we could expect for him to be is a guy who can do a couple of things. Mix if the shot up. starts to fall at a semi-consistent clip, he's fine because as you said, he's an energy guy. He's athletic. He's still a friggin' spaz, um, you know, and he's all over the place on defense and, you know, yeah, he's that type of guy who'll play 23 seconds of good defense and then foul the shit out of you in you know second 24. That's just who he's who he is and who he's gonna yeah. be. <laughs> but uh, you know, he's a good kid. We really wanted this. I really wanted to see him succeed here. Uh, I think he was put in a tough spot, so I'm pretty happy for him. Honestly, I, I like seeing. It. It's never gonna be the one that got away because I don't think you're. It's you didn't let a star go, but you're. you're I'm definitely gonna root for him. Yeah, I think, um, I, I think we all kind of are. I mean, he 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 was a nice nice kid, you know, and you could tell he really wanted to he wanted to do too much when he got out there, and that was because he didn't get a lot of the playing time that he needed. So, like Sherrod said, he was trying to, I think, prove that he need that he should stay on the court for a lot longer, but in doing so, kind of forced himself off the court because he would, you know, be running around like a maniac, like. And then just like running into his own teammates, and um, again, and and I, I think we're all very happy with the return. I think Malcolm Brogdon's obviously been extremely yep. crucial to this team's success so far, and I think we think that he's going to remain <laughs> an important part moving forward. So, um, you know, there you go. There's Neesmith's stat line right there: fifteen points, six of thirteen from the field. He never get thirteen shots on the Celtics team ever, 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 ever. So, um, you know, that's why he's happy over there in in Indy. This is a team that right now is in the thick of the playoff uh, hunt. Uh, that is uh, that has a, a a pretty decent offense that looks like it's going to be competitive um, in a very difficult conference and is starting Aaron Neesmith. You do you do wonder what didn't we see? You know, like what it was that the Celtics didn't get there. And again, I don't think it's a star, but it is strange to me that Indiana would get him. Look. We were debating between Romeo and Neesmith, and I, I thought, hey, Pop gets his hands on Romeo, he might make a useful player out of him. The answer is no. No. No one can make a useful player out of Romeo. You're out. finally admitting it. I guess so. Because if Pop there? can't do it, if Pop can't do it on that roster when they're actually trying to lose games, like <laughs> – I, how bad do you, how bad are you? And plus also like he gets like COVID every second week or like rolls an ankle. It's yeah, the same ride with him, you know? Um, uh, so, you know, it was never going to happen, but with Neesmith, it is so good for him. We're going to welcome Bobby Manning is, and I'm going to predict that Bobby Manning is going to have a report about who did not speak in the Celtics locker room. Let's bring in Bobby and Bobby. What's going on? Yeah, no, no Jalen. No Jalen. 
Ooh. was expected to speak but didn't. So don't know what happened there. But Jason did. Jalen watched too much of the garden stuff. report and was like, I can't. I'm not doing it. I'm going to say something I don't want to say. I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. So what did, uh, know what what did, there, what did Tatum have to say? I asked him uh, about the defense and the issues in the first half there. Wondering kind of if this team can hang its hat on defense, given that they've had lapses on that end this year. I've kind of been concerned about that end of the ball, even as they work back into the top 10. And Yeah, and that similar thing we were just talking about, the effort wasn't there in the first half. Once we turned it up in the second half, we could rely on our defense, which is true. But, again, no, not really an answer to the core issue that's going on right now. He says they're just going through a bad stretch. Um, and he's been through that every year he's been in the league. And this is just another one, he says. So, uh, again, not really an answer to the root issue right now. Um, I don't know. I don't really know what to take from him there. I don't know what to take from Jalen not appearing. And we're just still left with a lot of questions about where this team's at. Uh, I haven't heard a great answer in terms of how they're going to respond to this, other than maybe just turning up the heat on defense. Were you impressed at all by that weight stretch, John, with double big nope. in there? Rob no. no. Causing some disruption. John isn't getting impressed. No, because again, I, I, I just on that. I, look, I, I, I always think these, uh, when, you, when you're when you down 30, any sort of comeback, they tend to be empty calories because the other team's obviously going to be, uh, you know, going to be letting down uh, their guard. Uh, you don't expect the team to continue shooting 60%. So naturally, they're going to come back down to earth. I mean, Indiana didn't play well at all, and it, Boston affected some of it, but you just don't have to. You're up that big, it's fine. Celtics made that really late run. The reality is, this was a 15 point game with a few minutes to go. Celtics made a real run there late where Indiana just kind of got, you know, but I mean, you know, this game was not close. I don't care what the final score was. I'm not really super impressed by anything that happened because I just don't think it matters because I don't think you're playing a team straight up. That's giving you everything. Well, I, they've I got think it matters point. because of this. I think it only matters because of this. You're reintegrating Rob. And if Fine. he gets back to form, that's a major, major. Like, he looked really good. At I'm not game. saying there's nothing positive to be taken from it. I'm yeah. saying I don't believe that anything that they did there is real. But it's almost like practice, and you're working some stuff out in practice, and the other team's not going hard. But you're kind of, you, you know, you might come out of it better because you were able to try some things and do some things and see some success. So the Celtics may benefit from it, but I'm not looking at it and be like they kind of turned things around because I just don't believe that anything. Um, that the Pacers were doing Fair really enough. was yeah. that competitive. Yeah, that's that's how I look at it. Yeah, I was just taking it from something that they were able to do tonight that they weren't able to do before. Again, I want to see them get back to defense. Launching threes, that's not going to be a way to dig yourself back in the game. Like, it's going to be all the turnovers and breakouts that we saw in that second half. So that's what I like. Um, Smith. Yeah. Smith. I saw you guys talking about him. This was like his kind of revenge game, right? Like this is the only way he could do that. And I love because of that. It's crashing on the ground, all the rebounds, the occasional shot. He looks good. He looks big. He looks strong. You got to be happy for him. got to be happy for him. I think we are, but we're also like also questioning why the Celtics are constantly drafting guys and letting them go or, or not realizing what they have for talent, you know, maybe when they when they have it. So that's just another one that you can. He got to, to play more there. here. You got to get to play more in Indiana. It's the kind of thing no, we're talking right. about with Bowl Bowl, and even Pritchard, I guess to some degree, is kind of in the spot. He's, it's a tough team to break through on. 
he didn't show enough here to play and earn a role. And, you know, two years in, I think it was time. He He's didn't. In a better spot. He didn't, but they and also never gave him a spot. chance. But we we can go yeah. round and round on that stuff, you know, whether he deserved it and whether, you know, they were the type of team that could give away minutes to a guy now like John, that. Now John's circling his calendar. I don't know what date it is, but San Antonio, when Romeo comes back, he's going to be no, all you missed it. on that one. You missed it. John just announced uh, his any, I, I, it's any, as close, any it's remaining as close to faith his, yeah. he has lost in, in Romeo. It's as close to an apology game as I'm ever going to get. For all of you yeah. idiots out there still looking for my Derek White apology cam from this year or my Luke Cornett apology cam, that's why I don't do them, guys. That's why I don't <laughs> hey. do them. Oh, because Luke. there's a chance that they might have a bad stretch. Because it's not wrong. Because it's not wrong. Derek White didn't all of a sudden become awesome. You know? like <laughs> Luke did his job. <laughs> um, this is a Tatum quote from earlier. I think we're playing a little timid, a little tight. Basketball is supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be loose. It's supposed to be competitive. I get a sense everybody wants to make every shot, myself included. Our he body keeps saying that. Our body language when we miss shots is contagious. What do you guys so said that earlier? Basically admitting, yeah. admitting that they're sulking. And, What's up with the fun? Yeah, the well, fun what, thing. He keeps saying that. Well, one of you guys said that earlier, and it's like it's, it's almost for the JB thing. I do think they get down. It's like, and again, to use the baseball analogy, you know, you're down nine runs and everybody's trying to hit a nine run homer and you just can't do it, you know, like, but it's like, it's the same thing. It's like you're trying to get a, get back a 30 point lead in one shot and it just doesn't happen. And then it snowballs and it just gets worse, you know? And again, you still just have mental, the just, you know, some people just can't, the, 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 the it really snowballs for them when they're not hitting their shots. It affects everything. They just literally power down and they're like, man, it's not going good. Shit. Yeah. They scored again. Uh, you know, and then right back to it. It's just, and, and it, it's, it's so not strange that they still have that in them. I guess that comes down to the bigger global problem I have with the team with well, the run of the reasons I, I kind of fully bought into the early going wasn't that I thought they were going to shoot 47% for the rest of time, but I thought that they had matured to the point that they wouldn't play like assholes again, right. uh, that they had kind of gotten past that, that they could check themselves. They were holding themselves accountable and they wouldn't allow a game like this or two games or stretches. We in fact saw one or two where like, Oh, they didn't play great. And then they came out and they turned it around. I'm really surprised that they allow that, that this happened. It does make me question whether or not that that was a little bit of premature kind of selling out on an evolution on uh, Bobby. You're on mute here. Yeah, go ahead. It, it, it always seems to be around the corner for them. Again, you expected it to come back in the playoffs last year, John. I thought they were past it then. I was it. always worried. Yeah. Yeah. They need to check themselves before they. Yep. Yes, they do. Right. Josue. Excellent. Thank you. Excellent. So All right. We're going to wrap. But guys, unless you've got anything else here, we've got a couple more games, obviously Friday um, with the Timberwolves and then the big one on Christmas, which we are going to, at least several of us are going to pop in here. Uh, Jimmy's going to eggnog and his elf hat um, for sure. Elf hat? Is that a short joke? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna have to get one now. <laughs> Jimmy the Elf, what's your favorite color? <laughs> Here he is. <laughs> Jimmy's gonna Jimmy's gonna get a good night's sleep in a tree and then uh <laughs> and then uh come on out and Elf on the Shelf. Yeah. Gotta make sure you uh <laughs> Elf on the Shelf is been is taking the world by storm. I don't know. Uh, John, are you doing that over there? Uh no, we have a You don't do Elf on the Shelf? We have an advent calendar. 
Yeah, that's legit. I mean, that's what we had growing. Actually, I'll be honest. I, I didn't know it existed. No. Uh, uh, Laura. It's like this new phenomenon. Yeah. I guess like the parents have to hide the elf every night. And obviously it's getting like kind of out of control and parents are going over the top with it, I, I guess. But no, it's anyways. a cool concept. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll wrap it. We got a couple more comments. So thank you guys for hanging out with us. Uh, we will see you guys on Friday. Hopefully the Celtics find a way to snap out of this one. Um, but of course, make sure, make sure you follow all of our stuff over at CLNS media, check out our YouTube channel, subscribe, turn on your notifications. Um, you know, uh, follow us on Twitter. If you're interested in that, uh, support athletic green, support rocket money, get your free t-shirt, uh, be kind to one another, uh, and, uh, yeah. enjoy your holidays for those of you who don't join us in the next couple of days. But oh no, of, we'll, we'll see him. We'll see him. Those of you who will hang out with us, we're here with you. Uh, yes, I will send some food picks. We're going to start cooking a little bit too. You'll get some of that, uh, okay. as well. So definitely check that out. And, uh, thank you. Thank you guys for watching.